Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 24 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time listening to the program, I just want to briefly share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. And my goal is to offer you hope and encouragement through stories of people who really focus their lives on this idea of servant leadership and honoring God. Because I truly believe that when you do that, blessings will just naturally follow as a byproduct. Because regardless of what your job is or your occupation, all of us are given very special gifts by God. That means when we see a need, we need to fill a need as ministers of God. Because serving is for everyone in all walks of life. Whether you're in the military, in business, you're in the faith, you're in your community, or you could just do something as simple as serving your family. And so last week, you heard from Lieutenant Stephen Rogers and Chaplain Brenda Swartz in episode 23, and they really focused on listening to and following the call of God in your life. And I would challenge you, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you weren't with us last week, because it will really encourage and motivate you to just take the next steps that God has for you in your life. So a little bit about me for today's show. I've been a member of Kingsway Church for about the last five years, and my kids have an opportunity to participate in the youth program there. And I also have the great privilege of being a friend of Miss Kristen Leone. Uh, you may remember that name. She was a guest on the show early on in the program. And so because of those relationships, today I have two really great examples of servant leaders for you that focus on the community, how they can really serve in their community. And so... One is Pastor Dave Charnick. Again, he's the youth director at Kingsway Church, and he's also been my partner uh, in helping me put together coming-of-age events for both of my children. We'll talk more about that later in today's show. The second guest in the second half of the program is Mr. Ray Bootwill, and he is a World War II veteran. He's 95 years old, and he's the owner of Ray's Boozy Cupcakes. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Pastor Dave Charnick. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Be right back. WOND Pleasantville. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Pastor Dave Charnick. Pastor Dave, you on the line today? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Paul. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, listen, first of all, thank you so very much for taking the time out of your busy day, especially on a Sunday. I know how busy you can be, especially with everything you have going on in ministry, and it really means a lot to have you on the program today. It's an honor chatting things out, and it's an honor being um, on Serving Our Nation. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, listen, you have done a whole lot, and I think a really good place just to start unpacking things is your call to ministry. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about 
how that went for you, like when you felt a call to ministry and why you knew that was what God wanted you to do? Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. Um, just growing up in youth group and in church all my life, um, I've always been around ministry. I've always enjoyed doing it. I've always enjoyed learning how the Lord uses people um, to accomplish His purpose. Um, but I specifically felt the call um, when I was a freshman in community college. Um, I was in my bedroom praying and just reflecting on who I am and what I wanted to do and really just seeking God on what my next step was and where he wanted me to go um, long term. And in that moment, I just had to tune out all the noise, all the voices, and I just began to dig into God through prayer. And it was in that moment after several moments where I really felt the call pretty clearly, honestly, um, into ministry. And um, since then, the Lord has confirmed that through various people, and it kind of all just added up and um, made complete sense, you know? So a freshman in community college, I imagine that was quite a bit of time ago for you. Yeah, I graduated high school in 2010, so that was that was fall 2010, which, I know, 11 years ago now is crazy. So... In those 11 years, what are some of the things that you've done? What kind of uh, people have you met along the way that maybe have mentored you on your journey? Yeah, another great question. So I've had several mentors that really helped me and um, have really taught me how to tune out the world's voice versus the Lord's voice. And um, one of those people that I have to give honorable mention to is Pastor Phil Caparelli. Um, He is the current lead pastor at Kingsway Church. Um, growing up, he was my youth pastor, so we spent a lot of time together. He really showed me a lot of the ropes, and, um, you know, of course, after I felt the call from God to go into ministry, I naturally just unloaded him with a bunch of questions that I had, and he was really great in just consistently um, helping me and showing me the ropes, and um, he has been an anchor. Um, obviously, my mom as well. She has been just an anchor of joy and of love and encouragement. Um, both my parents um, have really been very supportive and were able to talk things out. Um, so I've had several others, but those are definitely the main mentors that I've had as I began that process. So I, I certainly don't know your mom, but I can definitely attest to Pastor Phil as he is my mentor as well, and he is definitely a person that provides a lot of guidance, encouragement, wisdom, and yeah. you know, I, I love the fact that he's our senior pastor now. Yeah, it, it's amazing how being a self full circle, um, I, you know, we've had, not we, I should say, but I've had dreams years ago of what this moment could potentially look like someday. Um, obviously, I, I had no idea this would actually take place, but um, now currently serving under him um, has just been phenomenal and it in a way it's almost like a dream that we get to do life together and we get to be a used by God together it's amazing it really is so when you talk about things that are amazing and uh, things that are working out better than you could have ever imagined are there blessings that maybe you've received from being in ministry aside from being able to come full circle and work with pastor phil now yes absolutely there's you know um for the for most people know that ministry is more about the internal rewards than it is the external reward 
And when I say external, I mean financially and whatnot. Um, I, I love what I do, honestly. I, I get to wake up every single day and, you know, with the breath in my lungs and obviously waking up every day, which is a gift, knowing that I get to do what I do, which is influence and walk students through their lives and through their faith journey and serving the Lord's church, um, it, it's amazing. And, you know, through the years, we've seen students and adults come to know Jesus. We've seen them discover their purpose. We've seen people take next steps in various different forms, um, whether it's career-wise or just spiritually, both of which are very important. But, it, you know, it, it, obviously ministry is work. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But at the end of the day, seeing true life change is worth it every single time. Even if it's just one person, um, it, it's worth it because nothing is greater than seeing the internal process and the true transformation of Christ through an individual. So that's been huge, and, and that's definitely been a blessing for me. Amen. Life change. I love it. So is there a particular moment, is there a particular incident that you've observed uh, during your time in ministry that you know really just stuck out to you as a time that God showed up? Yeah, there, there's one moment um, specifically where I first encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time, and um, you know, I was I was at a winter retreat. I think it was 2006 or 2007. I can't remember which year it was, but I just remember responding to, um, you know, feeling led to respond to God and what He was speaking and what He wanted to do and what He was saying to me. And in that moment, I never felt such a moment of joy and peace and love and purpose and fulfillment all in one in one moment. And it was so great that I just began to cry and began to weep before before God. And I specifically remember uh, Pastor Phil and a couple other youth leaders in that moment coming up to pray with me. And just, um, you know, the presence of God was so real. And um, that's a moment I'll never forget because, you know, I'm not sure you can tell, but it's hard to explain because it's such a personal moment. It was so intimate, and it's a moment I'll never forget because it was that moment that I truly experienced the presence of God for the first time. Uh, and again, that was as a student. Now, as a, as a youth pastor and a leader, um, basically any youth event that we do, which is one of our winter retreats or one of our New Jersey um, youth camps or one of our conventions, they're always special, Paul. Um, there's something about just seeing students come together and connect with each other. Um, and obviously growing in their faith, but also growing in their relationships. That's huge, and I believe that's key um, for our lives. So anytime we get to go away and do a little bit of retreat and step outside the norm to connect with other people and our group as we bond together, that's always been special, and those are always memorable moments for me. Well, so since you mentioned the retreat, I know that we just had one uh, this past weekend, and can you just give the listeners a bit of background on what that was like, maybe some of the highlights that students got to experience, or some of the highlights of what took place at the camp where, you know, lives were changed or anything like that? Yeah, man, absolutely. So as you said, we just got back a couple of days ago from youth camp, which is, you know, it's a five-day camp up in um, Pennsylvania. Um, man... <laughs> camp is just different, man. It's, it's different in a good way. Um, you know, we we see students connect with each other. Um, those connections are taken back to our church, 
where they're lived out practically. Um, we've, we've seen this year specifically students just truly respond um, to the presence of God. Um, my role, you know, along with our team of, of a couple other guys, and they are amazing, um, my role was rec director this year, so it's a little bit different than counseling and being in a pastoral role. But just being able to sit back and watch our students um, partake in the services and the response times, it's been great. And, you know, that's the spiritual stuff. Now, the fun stuff, of course, we have constant games and activities and free time planned throughout the day. Um, our students competed uh, via their team that we put them together with. Um, they were able to bond and connect and compete against other campers. And all of it is for, um, you know, a vast majority of points. And that just kind of goes week long. At the end of the week, um, one team is crowned camp champion. So we obviously, of course, we did that. But, um, yeah, camp's a lot, but it's so good. And um, definitely took a couple of days to recover. I'm being honest. But, again, man, all worth it. All worth it. And so how many people attend camp and what, what kind of impact did you see on those students? Yeah, so typically we have anywhere from 300 to 400 students attending this camp. Um, this year was a little bit different because of the spacing. Um, so this year we had about 290 students attend. Um, 36 of those, about 290, were our students. Um, and yeah, it, it was just you know, again, because of the spacing and because of the certain regulations, it was smaller than years past. But if I'm being honest, Paul, it, it felt just as full. Um, it, it, it was incredible. There was energy. There was momentum. There was a great mix of both junior high and senior high students. So it was it was great, man. And it was it was definitely um, one of those things you look back on and you, you think to yourself, wow, I can't believe the week's already over. <laughs> you know, so. yeah. Well, so the last thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is a little bit more personal for me, I'm, uh, I'm sure you can understand. You, know, you helped me tremendously over the past few years with what I call coming of age events for yeah. my two kids. And so I, I wonder if you would share what you think, as you know, the youth director, what the importance is of the coming age events and, you know, maybe what observations you had as we were putting those things together and why you think they're important? Yeah, it's a great question, Paul. And, you know, I, I've always commended you for doing these events because I believe that every young person knows and understands that milestones matter. Um, it's something in our culture that is overlooked. I believe that a lot of parents honestly don't understand the, the importance and the value of certain age milestones, but they are a big deal. And I think from the eyes of the student now, so from the perspective of a young person, seeing their parents involved and passionate and speaking life into them is huge. And just one observation that I've always had is, um, you know, just the, the desire and the craving or parental involvement with our young people. And, yeah. you know, you know this very well, Paul. Um, you're, you're a man of wisdom and of character, so you know this, but there are a lot of parents and culture today that are not involved with their children. And milestones are missed. Life moves too fast. And all of a sudden, years down the road, parents look back and think to themselves, what could I have done different or what could I do next time? But here's the reality. We might not always have a next time or, or something that's different. 
So to capitalize on those moments, to spend those milestone moments via age is important. Students seeing their parents passionate and, you know, caring for them via, you know, through love and, of course, through speaking life, it's monumental, man. And I've always loved the way you have planned and have been passionate about that. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for all the help that you give me. Uh, on those events, and just for context for the listeners, yeah. the age groups uh, the Pastor Dave is referring to is 13, 16, and 18 for both boys yeah. and girls. Uh, it, the events obviously have to look different for a male compared to a female, but those are definitely the milestone ages. So, Pastor yeah. Dave, we got about another minute and a half left, but I wanted to ask you, you know, we also um, did a purity ring for my daughter, and that was part of her coming of age as well, and I did that with her on the side. So, you know, with right. all the things that you've done in youth ministry and what you've helped me to do with the coming of age and a purity ring, what advice would you give to young people that might be listening to today's program? From your foxhole, all the things that you've seen and done, what would you share with them that are listening yeah, here today? That's a great question. I'll keep this short. Um, I would just say this to any young people listening. The things that feel the most heavy now in your life can become and feel so light with Jesus. And I say that because many young people view certain issues or certain things as, you know, drastic or this is the worst thing ever and I can't beat this or I won't get over this. But as you age and as you mature, you'll look back and you'll say, I can't believe I worried about that when I was 13 or 16 or 18. So I would just say with Jesus, the weight becomes light. Uh, we are not meant to bear it on our own. And that will be the advice I give young people. Amen. Pastor Dave, it has been an absolute honor and a privilege to have yes. you on the line today. I can't thank you enough for your wisdom, your friendship, and your leadership in helping to shepherd my two kids through Revo these past few years. Well, Paul, it's an honor. It's an honor to be on this program as well. And um, I love you, man. I appreciate what you're doing and looking forward to the next one. Thank you so much, Pastor Dave. All right. Thank you, Paul. All right. When we come back, from the, when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Mr. Ray Bootwell. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I worship you. I worship you. We make miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Mr. Ray Batwell. Sir, are you on the line with us today? Yes. Mr. Batwell, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. It is an honor to have somebody of your background, experience, and wisdom online and on the program with us today. Thank you. Well, sir, first of all, I want to lead off by telling our listeners that you are 95 years old 
And I think one of the most impressive things about you is that you served in the military during World War II. Is that correct? Right. Yes. So can you share with us a little bit about why you wanted to join the military? When did you join and why would why did you join? What was that like for you? Well, it was it was either join or get drafted and I wanted to get into the Navy so if I wait until I get drafted I most likely would have went into the army. <laughs> so that's why I joined the Navy. Fair I enough. I joined the Navy before I graduated from high school and and they gave me a temporary release paper, and then uh, I would be called uh, and put a notice, you know, and I was called uh, after, in July. I was called in July, in 1944. And how long did you serve? Two years. Well, actually, two days short. I went in on the 7th, and I got discharged on the, on the 5th of July, two years later. That is awesome. And what did you do during your two years in the Navy? Uh, mostly worked in the kitchen. As a cook? Well, I learned to be a cook. That's how I became a baker. I learned to be a cook first, and then I decided on baking. I went to a cooks and bakers school. After getting out of the service, I went two years to a cook and bakers school. And then uh, I wasn't satisfied with hours. And so I changed to baking. Wow. So I, I find that really interesting because I served in the Army uh, for over 20 years. And when I was a young captain, I commanded a company of cooks. And so there's a really special place in my heart for cooks in the military. Oh, good. So, sir, during your two years in the Navy and uh learning to cook and bake and all things of that nature. Is there something that stood out to you, something that you carry in your heart as maybe the most memorable moment, something that was really special to you during your time in the military? Only the fact that I met my wife in that time. time. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. How did that work? Well, she had the same background as I did. And she was older than I, but I, I liked her background, and, and I figured we'd be more compatible. She was raised on a farm. I was raised on a farm. She was from a large family. I was from a large family. And I just knew that she would, you know, go along with a lot of things that I had planned. And was she a service member, or did you meet her uh, on one of your tours I of met, duty? I, no, I met her on, uh, on you know, you get... Uh, time off, you know, how you get liberty. Sure leave. And, and I met her at a roller skating rink. No kidding. Yeah, in fact, all of her, all of her sisters but one met, met their husband in that roller skating rink. Wow. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So, let, let me change gears a little bit then. Uh, aside from having the opportunity to meet your wife, was there ever a really difficult circumstance, a really hard situation that you encountered during wartime? Not, not really, not really. Uh, I had personal, you know, problems that uh, you know I had to adjust, but uh, no, there was nothing, nothing, uh, you know, that changed my way of thinking or so forth. Okay. 
And did you serve on a ship, or were you always on a base? I was always on a base. I was uh, up for a draft in January uh, 1945. Well, actually, they had me on the on the draft in, in December 1944, and they took me off in the beginning of January 19. Uh, I was. Uh, 90, 1995, uh, 45, and, and 1945, they took me off the draft, and I asked the yeoman, which I knew very well, he was from the same area of Connecticut that I was from, and he said he didn't know, but he had, he had a, <coughs> a theory. He said that I had four brothers over there in action, in action and he said he felt that the, the government, after the Sullivan brothers, they didn't want to put, uh, you know, a fifth one in that, that, that situation. Wow. And so how did the military affect your life? Was there any kind of impact uh, on your life from serving in those two years? Well, the fact that I, I studied to be something else besides the cook. I, I, I was working in a machine shop. I was, my plans was to be a toolmaker. Wow. When I was going to high school, and I took that course to prepare me for that. And I worked in a machine shop also, which would help you, know, you get the knowledge of working with machines. And then when I went into the service, I got put into the kitchen so many times that I figured, well, I'll make this a career while I'm in the service. I didn't intend to make it a career when I got out, but uh, cooking and baking fascinated me, and I, I just uh, stuck with it. And so what has that journey been like for you, sir? I mean, you, you've had a very long life, and uh, from what I read in your bio, you've been a baker for much of that life. What are some of the things that you've done in your baking career? Well, I had my own bakery for 18 years, you know, and I was there when I was, before I went into bed business my own. I was more or less a troubleshooter. Wherever I worked, I was, and I got that reputation. I had bakers call me when they had problems, and, you know, because I got the reputation of solving uh, problems. And um, so, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed what I did. Uh, my father taught me that when I was nine years old. When I was nine years old, I went to work for my uncle. We was from a family of nine boys. We lived on a farm. I felt that they didn't need me, so I wanted to earn some money, so I went to work with my, for my uncle, who was two farms up above us, because uh, we lived in a valley. And uh, I worked for him, and I, I came home on a Sunday, and I started complaining about my job. My dad says, look, don't complain about your job. He says, talk to your employer. If she doesn't, you know, if she can't make an agreement, get yourself another job. He says, because you want to do something that you like, he says, because 40% of your life will be spent working. He says, so pick something that you'll enjoy. So I took his advice on that, and I've... It's, it's history, rest is history. 
You know, sir, my father told me much the same thing, to do something that I enjoy doing. And so that's what got me into uh, computers and then the military and now ministry. And so I, I could not ag- agree more with your father and the way that you've lived your life. But I am curious, though. I mean, you started another business, Raise Boozy Cupcakes, in your 90s. What made you want to start another business that late in life? Well, I don't know. I, I, I probably, uh, well, anyway, I, I uh, had read about this, uh, you know, the boozy cupcake thing uh, about eight years before I went into business. And my finances, uh, uh, I set up a, 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 a retirement fund when I was in uh, business uh, the first time. And uh, we didn't change our, uh, our style of living, my wife and I, when we, when we retired. And uh, in 19, uh, around 1918, my, well, my funds stopped. They weren't paying anything since 2001. I wasn't getting a very big income from my funds. And, and uh, my, uh, my uh, IRA ran out. You know, I used up all my uh, retirement money because uh, I still had I still had uh, investments, but uh, that was one of the reasons why I went in. But I probably should have, uh, but that's under the bridge now. Uh, continued with my portrait painting. You know, gone online and you know, cause this was, this was a big risk. I invested a lot of money in, and then the COVID come along. It hit me really hard, so uh, you know, uh, my uh, my daughter was kind of uh, quite upset when I decided to do this, and I don't blame her at all. You know, ninety three years old, starting another business, in particular that kind, where I could have stayed into portrait painting mm-hmm. and and not been put out. I wouldn't have had to invest that much money, and. Uh, Well, sir, I'm I'm curious. I mean, with all the things that you've done in your baking career and the business that you've started, I mean, what does your business mean to the people in your community, and what blessings have you received from being a business owner? Well, I really enjoy the customers. I mean, they really are nice people. All my customers are just fabulous people. And I enjoy, you know, dealing, working with them, and you know, and uh, I always enjoy uh, contact with the uh, customers. Yeah, and um, so uh, you know, I get I get quite a bit of enjoyment out of that. You know, along with producing a product that somebody wants, we're, we're now producing uh, boozy ice cream. We have three, three flavors on the market right now. We plan to have probably about six flavors, and I don't want to overdo it. Uh, so uh, That's right impressive. Can... It's very impressive. Yeah. Well, let me ask well, you this. Have you, have you learned any lessons uh, from all your time in business and in the baking industry that you know maybe you could pass on to the younger generation? Well, I'm, I have a helper. If she really loves this work, she's learning to, you know, to, 
to do it. She's to make the boozy, help me with the boozy cupcakes. She helps me with a lot of other things, and she really enjoys doing it. And I pass my knowledge on to her, and I have another, uh, uh, my manager, I try to, you know, share my knowledge with him. And uh, anybody that works with me, I try to share my knowledge with them. I love that. Well, I am curious. You mentioned earlier uh, about portraits, and in your bio, I read about woodworking. So, are you still doing those things? And when you did do those things, like how did that benefit your family and your community? No, I, I, I'm not uh, doing the woodwork. I did. I, I, I made Adirondack chairs. I sold Adirondack chairs. I, I did a lot of different types of woodwork. I, I built a huge workshop. And in and, and, uh, the earlier years, I built a cabin uh, near the shore, and I had that for like 20-some years. And um, so I've always worked with wood since I was a kid. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I used to do the work when I was in the, in the bakery. I, I, I worked on it in a wood shop and stuff like that, my own wood shop. But now I don't have time. This business takes more time than than the other than my first business. Sure, there's more, you know, more uh, planning in it and more. Uh, it's just a, a, a big, um, you know, a more complicated operation. I understand. Well, sir, we've got about a minute left. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, I mean, you have a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom. What advice would you give to young people that are listening that, you know, maybe they have aspirations to become a baker or being a person that can do portraits or do woodworking? And maybe those people are listening today. What advice would you give to somebody that has aspirations to kind of do the things that you've done? Well, the only thing I would say, I mean, no matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you do, it's how your attitude toward what you do. So when you pick anything, pick something that you really enjoy. And if you enjoy it, you'll receive a lot of, you know, satisfaction. So pick something, it doesn't matter what you pick, what you do, but put your heart in it, you know. And you'll get a lot more out of it. When you put it into anything, that's that. You you get more back. You know, it's more rewarding when you really put your heart into it. Amen. I, I could not have asked for better words to come from a gentleman of your stature, sir. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the program, for your leadership, for your wisdom, and for all that you've done for your community in your 95 years, sir. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you. Thank you. All right. When we come back from the break, we'll reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guests. Stay with us. We'll be right back. My home,
If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and as we close out today's show, let's talk about what we've heard from our very special guest today. What an amazing program today has been. First, a youth pastor that deals with all of the young people of today, and then the other side of that equation, a gentleman that's 95 years old and has seen and done so much. So let's start with Mr. Batwell. He talked about you can serve not only in the military, you heard him say that he wanted to join the military before he got drafted so that he was able to pick the branch of service that he really wanted to be a part of. And not only did he enjoy his military service, but by doing that and signing up, he was able to get life skills. That's where he learned to be a cook and developed his baking career. And that led him to an entire lifetime career of baking. But it's also where he met his wife on shore leave while he was on military duty. To me, that is just tremendous. And it goes back to the point of when you focus on serving, blessings just come to you. He had no way of knowing that he was going to meet his future wife and that he was going to learn a skill that would carry him through his entire life. But that's what happened for him. And then I also really like how he talked about serving his community. He said that he has fabulous customers, that he likes to be able to interact with them and put a smile on their face when they have some of his cupcakes. And I loved his heart when he talked about one of the greatest blessings that he has is being able to impart his knowledge to his helper, to his manager, and really to anybody that will listen to him. And I think one of the most profound things that he said is that if you're going to do something, you put your heart into it. No matter what pursuit in life you're going after, you put your heart into it, and what you put into it, you'll get out of it. And I recall him saying that his father mentioned to him earlier in life that you got to pick a career and have life choices, something that you can really be happy with. Don't just do something for the sake of doing it, but do something that you can really be passionate about. And that's how I feel about this program. That's how I feel about ministry. So I could not agree more with what he's doing. And when you talk about somebody that is really passionate in ministry, Pastor Dave Turnick just epitomizes that. I love the heart that he has for young people. Now, granted, I might be a little bit biased because my two children are included in that group of young people that he ministers to. But I got to tell you firsthand, I see on a regular basis how he loves and cares for these students. And he talked about this idea of internal rewards, right? He said he gets to get up every day. And it's not about the monetary aspect of being in ministry. That's about the internal rewards. And each breath he takes every day, he knows that he's impacting people's lives. And when he points people to Jesus Christ, that creates life change. And when you think about how you can serve through faith, He laid it out really simply. You can help by going to youth camps and helping to engage with the students there. Or 
You can also engage by being a mentor. You heard from him the importance of being a mentor and having a mentor. And that's very similar to what Mr. Batwell said. Having somebody that can speak words of life into you and being able to share knowledge. And my favorite thing about what Pastor Dave said is when you help people to understand their burden doesn't have to be heavy. When you give your concerns to God, your yoke or your burden becomes light. What incredible guest for today, and I'm so thankful that both of them were on the show today. And so that brings me to my next point. Each week, I like to talk to you, just briefly, about this idea of when you put good into the universe, good comes back to you. Well, just yesterday, I had an opportunity to go to the home of a significant other of a military service member that really is in need of some help. And so I was able to gather a collection from some of the people in AUSA, Association of the United States Army. We took up a nice little collection for Some people are helping to provide food. We got other charitable organizations involved to provide more long-term support. And so all of that was great. And I got to go and I got to spend time with her and pray with her and just listen to her heart about how she got into the situation and what we can do to help her get out of it and all of those things. And so the blessing was twofold. So number one, I got to tell you, there was such joy in being there with her in that moment. The smile on her face when we were able to provide support, both physical support, financial support, emotional support, spiritual support, it brought joy to her. And in that moment, it brought a lot of joy to my life as well. Because you've got to believe, you have to understand, there is far more blessing in giving than in receiving. And the second great part of what happened yesterday is I made a new friend. Uh, That sounds a little bit corny, but I did. Um, There's another gentleman that wanted to help with the situation, and he served with the service member. And so we went to the house uh, together to go uh, see the service member, significant other. And while we were there, um, you know, me and this gentleman, I'll call him John, uh, me and John had an opportunity to develop a bit of relationship of our own. And that's something that we're going to be able to carry forward because now we're having our own conversation about our own personal things aside from uh, how we're able to help this family. And so again, you know, when you see a need, feel a need, because God will bless you for it. Believe me, it's true. Next week, two more incredible guests for you. First is Mr. Kevin Weaver. He's a veteran of the United States Air Force, and he currently serves as the CEO and co-founder of a military ministry called The Warrior's Journey. I also have Chaplain Ed Brandt. He's a retired Brigadier General and a retired chaplain, and he currently serves as the pastor of Lely Presbyterian Church in Florida. So excited about next week. Listen, I want to remind you to sign up for my Spotify and Apple Podcast mailing list, and you can do that through my website at reverenddrpaul.com. That's R-E-V-D-R-Paul.com. You can also just check out the show tab on my website for previous episodes of this program. 
as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening and join us again next week. Your praise again.